listening to Paul Mackey and Idget, Chapter 29, Really Big Things. Okay, so a little bit on really big things. This chapter was the end point for the serial. I had a general outline of where we needed to get to, and a list of roadside attractions, mostly real ones, or in case of all Chicken Heaven restaurants and this final building, entirely fabricated ones. As it all fit into a larger structure, I also had a general idea of how it went, who was Lara, how did Jeremy get imbued with black mind control snot, and why, who was the mysterious construct in Jeremy's head, and who was the white-haired man who... Well, that's actually getting ahead of myself. We'll meet him in this chapter, so I guess we'll get in to Chicken. Really Big Things A Serial by Paul Mackey Episode 18 Chicken Okay, today is the day of the big assignment, said Chris. What does that mean? Uh, breakfast? said Jack, turning his coffee cup right side up. Ooh, very close. Jeremy? Time to do the homework. Got it in one, my friend. No hard feelings now, Jack. Jeremy was at college with me, so he knows just how I, uh, roll, huh? Chris took out a promotional packet and slid all the papers out of the folder. The trio was sitting in the front window of the Desert Rose Diner in Wilcox, Arizona. Holy crap, said Chris. What? Okay, so we know that we're going to the Chicken Heaven corporate campus, right? The belly of the beast, said Jeremy. And Milton Billy Bob Bratz ordered construction as part of his will. The Chicken Crackpot's final commandments. So Billy Bob, the sole owner, buys his birthplace, Summit, Arizona, the whole town, knocks it all down and puts up a corporate campus complete with a giant chicken in the center. Well, the edge said Jeremy. The center was in the middle of the glide path for the main approach at Tucson International. And today they announce what the giant chicken is for, said Chris. Across the street, Eric emerged from the Chicken Heaven franchise, carrying a large haunch of blue-green meat that glistened and steamed in the morning light. Jack started to make a face, but hid it by coughing into his hand. Well, check out what the giant chicken is for, said Chris, sliding a brochure across the table. First United Church of Christ Chicken, read Jack eyeing the picture of a crucified man in a chicken suit. Billy Bob really was off his nut, murmured Jeremy. What, the chicken lover's club card and Krusty Willie the chicken pirate weren't sign enough? asked Chris. Eric came in the door behind a round-faced trucker and slid into the booth bench next to Jack. With deep-fried cheesy chicken chunkies and Aunt Mabel's famous fruit punch, read Jack, attempting to ignore Eric, it may be the tastiest communion ever. That's sick, said Jeremy, gaping at the hunk of bright blue meat as big as Eric's head, dripping with neon yellow gravy. Too bad you can't smell it, shrugged Eric. Then he bit off a huge mouthful and small gelatinous yellow gobbets clung to his facial hair. I'm not much with organized religion, said Chris, but I gotta agree with you. Here's the investor-slash-worshipper ID badges. Investor? asked Jeremy. Yeah, said Chris. Today is the first day. Invest in chicken heaven and worship the chicken Christ and you get to own a slice of the lunacy. Well, I'm ready, said Jeremy. Let's get going. Don't you want breakfast first? We almost don't need to go on the grounds to get a shot, said Chris, peering upwards. As they'd approached the campus, the giant chicken had loomed on the horizon for quite some time. Ivo got us passes. I'm sure the wait will be worth it, said Jack. 
Chris continued to inch forward to the gate. After another five minutes, they were next to get cleared through. The car in front of them pulled ahead, and the stop arm lowered. Chris braked and rolled the window down. The tall, lanky guard leaned down. He had a long, thin nose and a look on his face that said he'd rather be on his porch with a PBR and a sack of chicken and cheeses. May I see your event passes? Chris passed the tags to the guard, who peered at his clipboard, peered a second time, looked at their faces, each, closely. Then he turned to the guard booth with a beckoning gesture. Thank you. I'll be right back. A short man who apparently worked on making up for his stature by increasing his girth lumbered out. They murmured to each other in low tones. Then the large man came over to the car. He barely needed to lean over. The skinny guard leaned over just behind him and to the side, grinning because he finally had some entertainment. I'm sorry, folks. You're going to have to head out the way you came. And stay out! But we were told we'd be on the list, said Chris. Well, yes, sir, but we got two lists in the booth. One big list, one little list. The second list is an exclusion list. It's like Santa Claus, the nice list and the naughty list. That guy, he's on the exclusion list. He's been naughty. Listed for uh, hygienic atrocities in a chicken heaven. He's the chicken devil. Do not admit under any circumstances. Probably peed in the chicken chowder. If you believe this to be an error, you can take the issue to the admin building. One mile that away. They will address this issue at the earliest convenience. They ain't gonna be in until Monday. Have a nice day. I'll see you in hell, chicken devil. Chris parked the car. I hope this finally teaches you a lesson, Jeremy. They were on a side road about a quarter mile down the fence line from the gate. Chris unpacked his camera as they began walking back toward the chicken. Jack hung back from Jeremy and Chris so he could mutter to Eric without Chris overhearing. Now what do we do, said Jack. Those guys will never let us in now. Just fucking relax, Jack, said Eric, rolling his eyes. We'll be in in a snap. Eric snapped his fingers and everything went monochrome. The entire world was suddenly hushed, frozen. You... you killed all those people? said Jack. Eric grabbed Jack by the shoulder. Calm the fuck down, Jack. Eric leaned in close, face to face with Jack. What color are my fucking eyes? Uh, I don't know, kind of, uh, are they fucking purple? They are not fucking purple. Good. Give me some credit here. The damn purple eyes will just release chaos into the world and who cares who survives? This, he waved his arms around. All this is just a time distortion. Everything that isn't me, you, or Jeremy is just really, really slow. You, me, Jeremy, or Chris, corrected Jack. What the heck is going on? asked Chris, waving a hand before the eyes of one of the guards frozen in place in front of the barricade arm. I'm not entirely sure, said Jeremy, clambering under the arm and helping Chris do the same. Jeremy, called Eric. Tell him not to pay attention to what's going on. What? said Jeremy. Tell him. Uh, hey, Chris, don't worry about any of this. Oh, okay, Jeremy. Jeremy gaped for a moment. Eric, why did that work? You tell me, shrugged Eric. Okay, stand right about here. Eric dragged his toe, making a line in the dust approximately directly below the chicken's head far above. Jeremy stepped into place. Hold still, said Eric. And Jeremy jerked suddenly. Uh, guys, I can't move my legs. I know, said Eric. You need to be fixed in place so we can fine-tune the door through you. Jack, I don't like this, Jeremy said nervously. 
It'll be fine, said Jack, looking to Eric and getting an affirming nod. I've never seen this done before. There was a brilliant, soundless flash. This is the untuned door, said Eric, as the air in front of them glowed brightly. Now, Ivo just told me before we left to tune it here. The glow faded, and in its place coalesced an image of a dark room, lit by torch. Jack and Jeremy gaped. Lining the walls were people, hanging from their wrists. Hunched near one of them was a man with a head of thick, white, curly hair. The boy hanging there screamed and then passed out as the hunched man grunted with exertion, tugging out several feet of intestine and arraying the viscera along arcane symbols chalked out on the stone floor. Jeremy whimpered, and the man looked up suddenly and focused through the door at him. Recognition flickered across his features. You! He raised his bloody hands to his face. And my, what company you have found! His tongue shot out and lapped at a finger. Jeremy's whimper was now a low moan. Eric, said Jack. Ah, I see how it connects, said the white-haired man, lapping some more blood from his fingers. He was now advancing toward the door, one dripping hand extended. You've saved me the bother of all... He was cut off as suddenly the door flashed and the old man's image was replaced by what looked to be the inside of an old barn. I told Ivo, exclaimed Jack. I said I'd play along. Cooperate. Ivo wanted some extra insurance and to prove he could do what he said. Wait, he was talking to you? Asked Jeremy, confused. Eric spun and smacked his palm into Jeremy's forehead. Ow! Eric looked confused and smacked him again. Ow! Eric, what are you doing? Asked Jack. Something's wrong, muttered Eric, almost as if Jack weren't there. You took the pills. I took two pills, said Jeremy. What? Asked Eric. I took two pills. Seeing all the talking stuff freaked me out. Chris is keeping the third one for me. Okay, well, let's get it out and taken then. Chris, uh, you got that shoebox? Yeah, yeah, uh, Jeremy, about that. What? Let's get the pill. I kind of took it. What? Yeah, uh, must have been some variation on the X I did back at school, though. I got nothing out of it. Uh, sorry? Fuck, Eric said, somewhat predictably. So, what, we're screwed? Said Jack, as Eric rubbed at his chin and looked from Jeremy to Chris and back again. Not necessarily murmured Eric. Eric clamped his thick hands over Chris's shoulders. Chris jumped as he suddenly saw Eric, then remembered he wasn't supposed to. I hope this fucking works, said Eric, pulling Chris around until he was directly in front of Jeremy, his back brushing against Jeremy's slight beer gut. Chris opened his mouth to speak, but Eric smacked his hand loudly into Chris's forehead like a faith healer. The door glowed uncomfortably bright, washing out the image of the hayloft. The door suddenly collided with Chris and Jeremy, a flash of white light shot upward to the giant chicken's head, and there was a tremendous thunderclap. Then all was silent, save for Eric puffing from exertion. Chris was nowhere to be seen. Jeremy's eyes darted from Eric to Jack. Eric punched Jeremy hard in the stomach. Damn you! He roared as color and life slowly crept into the world around them and Jeremy went down like a sack of bricks. Jack went to hold Eric back as Eric moved to kick Jeremy, but Jack's hands slipped through Eric as Eric's foot passed through Jeremy's hip. No! Eric cried in frustration. Far above, the giant chicken cocked its head to the side. Gosh, 
Do any of you folks need to go through the door? Jack helped Jeremy get to his feet. They both looked at Eric, who was nearly apoplectic with rage. Supposed to. My sister. Fuck. Fuck. Jeremy shrugged off Jack's arm and stood near Eric. That was supposed to be me? Eric sneered and spit a glob of incorporeal spittle through Jeremy's face. Jeremy turned and walked away. Wait, said Eric. Jack, stop him. We've got... Jack shook his head slowly, sadly, and turned to follow Jeremy. Jack, you fucker! Get back! Stop him! Fucker! Jack! Eric jumped up and down, spitting curses, as Jeremy walked past the car in a state of something like shock. Jack stood for a moment, watching as Jeremy went. He nodded slightly then quickly got into the car, started it, and drove in the other direction, not looking in the rearview mirror to see the ranting Eric, nor at Jeremy slowly walking to the west. You've been listening to Really Big Things, a serial by Paul Mackey. Music is Chronodermis by Nanochrist. Find out more at www.nanochrist.com. Send questions or feedback to reallybigthings at gmail.com. Right off the bat, I'm sure many of you recognize the steady presence of George Robb and the velvet tones of Scott Sigler in the two cameo roles this time around. So, there you go. This is where I left it for something like 14.75 years or so until earlier this month. You have heard slightly more than that earlier this month. I've privately shared the story idea of what happened before Really Big Things with a few people, and I've tried writing a bit of it from time to time. I have dusty notebooks with conflicting outlines, and most of those predate Really Big Things. I do ponder whether I should start at the beginning, and some of that indecision plus lots and lots of life stuff is why there hasn't been more really big things. I also obviously have had ideas of what follows really big things, or I wouldn't have been able to jot out a chapter on a whim earlier this month. Listening back, I do think I had a little redundant content from 15 years ago end up in the new chapter. I'm somewhat concerned about the story elements that need to come into play going forward that pull from the pre-Really Big Things stories. A little bit from the trestle in Perry Sound already came in during this most recent work. And then, add in whether I'm playing a game, or writing little bits, or wanting to write something bigger, and then where's the time for that? Anyhow, I will under-promise and hopefully over-deliver for now. This podcast is one Idget's thoughts, and some of this Idget's thoughts are original fiction, so take from that what you will. Tomorrow, I will talk over the series finale of that 80s show, which I have seen, but for now, happy haunting! You have been listening to the One Idget's Thoughts On podcast, produced by Paul Mackey in association with Quadruplez.com. Theme music is Too Good by Jack Mangan and is used by permission from him. If you would like to hear other podcasts by me, you might try The Ghostlight Podcast, a completed intro cast about the TV series Slings and Arrows, or Idgetcast, an intro cast for the TV series Supernatural. Both can be found on fine podcasting listening software everywhere or at quadruplez.com. Not this tough, but so old.